This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has the trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing. So I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list. And from there, they contact your members and it's no high pressure sales or anything. And it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Sarah Davisher Wisdom. Uh, Sarah has served as president and CEO of Greater Louisville, Inc. since January 2020. Sarah's been with GLI since 2014, uh, rising from leading GLI's government affairs activities as vice president of government affairs to now as president and CEO. GLI was named National Chamber of the Year in 2019. Personally, Sarah has also been the recipient of several notable awards at the local, regional, and national levels. Sarah has held previous roles in government and public policy, including manager of government affairs for Tennessee Valley Authority, strategic communications officer for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and community development coordinator for Congressman Lewis. She serves on the boards of several local organizations, as well as on the U.S. Chamber's Committee of 100. Sarah is the first woman and youngest person to serve as president and CEO of GLI. Sarah, I'm excited to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Well, hello, Brandon. I'm excited to be on the Chamber Podcast as well. Um, Been looking forward to this conversation. I think that that bio certainly said a lot about me, so thank you for reading that so eloquently. But um, that the real story goes beyond that. And, you know, a lot of people will say, what's something that people don't know about you or what's something that tells more about you personally? And I always like to share that my husband and I are um, serious ballroom dancers. Between the two of us, we have 50 years of dance experience and it's how we met. So we've been dancing together for 10 years, uh, which, well, actually 11 years, we've been married for 10 And that's something that not a lot of people do and not a lot of people know. And it's something that we've continued 
despite any sort of changes in career or relocations or anything else that we have done, we've always remained committed to our dancing. Awesome. No, that is, it's great that you guys have been able to keep that up and have that common bond together and, and yeah. that, that interest. So thank you. I, I like learning these tidbits about people as we have them on the show and, and learn those facts. But um, so I mentioned to you before we started recording, but um, this is a, a, a first for me to have three, you're, you're the third person from Greater Louisville Inc. to be on Chamber Chat Podcast. First time I've had the three of any organization on the podcast, which speaks volumes to, you know, the great work and impact you guys are having that you keep rising to the top to have, you know, different members of, of the organization on the, on the show. But, um, for well, those, flattered. thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So those who've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, um, may remember at Kent Euler on, uh, back in 2019 when you guys were Chamber of the Year finalists and, and won Chamber of the Year. And more recently had Jordan Clemens on talking about using LinkedIn to grow membership. And um, they both are fantastic episodes. So I encourage anybody to go back and listen. But I just, I mentioned that because those longtime listeners may be a little bit familiar with, with GLI, but for those who may not be, just give us a little um, synopsis, I guess, about what GLI is all about, you know, size of the chamber, staff, budget, scope of work, that sort of thing, just to set the table for our discussion. Sure. Well, at Greater Louisville, Inc., we have a staff of about 30 people, and uh, we serve about 1,800 members. We are also the regional chamber and we are by state. So we cover 15 counties, five in Indiana and 10 in Kentucky. We've got everything from Fortune 500 companies located here to small retailers and suppliers. Uh, we are the home of Humana um, and UPS Airlines. And those are two of our, our biggest companies here. Our main goal is to grow the regional economy and we do that in several ways through traditional economic development, talent attraction, advocacy, and DEI. So our goal is to do all of those things in the best way possible to make our region the strongest for growth. So that's a little bit about GLI. We have a great team. Our budget is $5.7 Very good. So you, you touched on one of the things that we'll focus our conversation on today, as, as you mentioned, those focuses of your work, um, one being talent attraction. And I'm excited to, to dive in a little bit deeper and learn about how GLI goes about talent attraction. I know that's a, a hot topic for chambers across the country. And um, you're so kind to share some of the, the tips and strategies you guys are using there in Louisville. So we will dive into that conversation uh, much deeper as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. 
allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Are you a community leader or chamber of commerce looking to grow your non-dues revenue around your core community? Are you in an area not already served by a Chamber of Commerce? Look no further than Chamber Nation's new platform, Pippoli. Pippoli is a perfect solution for adding commerce to areas where a chamber may not exist or to expand the reach of a regional chamber. With Pippoli, you can easily connect with local businesses and promote your services to a wider audience. Don't miss out on this opportunity to expand your reach and increase your revenue. Visit richardscalendar.com to learn more about Chamber Nation and Pippoli today. Howdy, it's me, Donna from Yifty again. Today we get to hear from Christine in upstate New York about her Shop 716 community card program. She was able to use sponsorship funds for a generous buy one, get one program that benefits her whole county. Hi, this is Christine Langenfeld with the Amherst Chamber of Commerce located in Buffalo, New York. We have partnered with Yifty on our Shop 716 e-gift card program that has been incredibly, incredibly impactful for our small businesses. So happy to have incorporated this program in our Shop Local initiative here in Western New York. I highly recommend them and give them a chance to show what they can do. Thanks, Christine. So, folks, check us out at yifty.com and sign up for a demo or shoot us an email at sales at yifty.com. All right, Sarah, we're back. Um, as I mentioned before the break, uh, we're focusing our discussion today about how you guys are, are focusing your work around talent attraction. And I know there's different approaches. You know, chambers go about this work in different ways, but I'd like to learn a little bit more and have you share how how you guys are at GLI are going about talent attraction and really making your economy there something that's really thriving. And and I know you'd mentioned the uh, DE&I efforts as well, and it, it is a very diverse community as well. And I think that plays into talent attraction. So I, I anticipate that those two will overlap a little bit, but I don't want to steal your thunder, so I'll, I'll hand it over to you to, to share how you guys are going about this work. Sure. Well, I'm really excited about our talent attraction programming because we've had a lot of cities come to learn more about it because they want to replicate it. So it really has been um, one of those uh, one of those things that we are known for in Louisville. Our program is called Live in Lou, and we developed it in 2016 to really show what it was like to live, work, and play in the greater Louisville region. And the platform itself showcases all of the assets that really differentiate us as a community. We highlight the availability of good jobs and career opportunities, the quality of life and the sustainability uh, to raise a family and the suitability to raise a family, I should say, and then the ability to make a difference. And the reason that we highlight those three things is because in 2016, we did a lot of data, a lot of research um, into why people want to live in our community. And those were the three reasons. So we target our marketing around those three reasons. And one of the places that people go to learn about a community is on social media. 
So we use our website and our social media channels to promote feel-good stories about the community, new businesses opening up, favorite restaurants, because we have a fantastic culinary scene here. It's one of the things that people love to visit for. We also showcase restaurants and festivals. Um, So those are some of the things we really try to highlight. We have also been doing private label campaigns for companies under our Live in Lou programming. And we basically will look at where there is an what jobs are needed for that company and then where there is an area in the country or even internationally where that skill set exists and may not be paid as well there as it is here in Louisville. And so then we can geofence and do some targeted marketing, highlighting those things I mentioned earlier and um, really go out and, and connect the, the job seeker or the potential Louisvillian to the job opportunity. And we can use the marketing from the company itself. So it's a really innovative way for us to recruit individuals to move here to work for specific companies. So it helps our community because we've got residents moving in and it also helps our companies. I love that name, that Louisvillian. That just, that flows so well. I love it. Uh, can you share with us some more about the the geofencing? So how do you go about that and targeting the right people, like the parameters you set on it, um, certain radiuses, maybe some people aren't familiar with what geofencing is. Just give us a little bit of background sure. on that. It's really a technology that we pay for. So um, we identify what geography we would we would want to highlight, usually by zip codes. And then um, the, the firm actually does the geofencing. But um, it's basically a way that you can put information on phone, like you're capturing phone data so that then you can advertise. Because when people are moving in and out of that zip code, you're capturing that data. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, are you guys identifying specifically people that don't live in Louisville currently that yes. based on the phone data? So when they come and visit or pass by or how does that how does that? Yes, we definitely are targeting out of town people so that we can get them to move here. And um, I mean, because our goal is talent attraction, we don't have enough people here in Louisville to fill the open jobs and Um, So that's why we're trying to really focus on talent attraction. We've grown the social media channels from 200 followers to 53,000 followers in five years. So there really is a lot of momentum to live in Lou. And then we also have a group of volunteers that we call City Champs. It's kind of a human welcome wagon to help people get connected to the interests that they have in the region. The volunteers are incredibly passionate. Excuse me. And they really want to showcase the best parts of our community and make connections so that the new residents kind of have a friend immediately when they when they move here. So we train the city champs on all of the things in the community. It's about a four hour training. And then they identify what interests they have so that we can put on our website that this person is a trained city champ and this person is interesting in interested in parks or ballet or whatever the situation may be, so that when we have prospective residents interested in those same those same things, then we can make that connection. And there's automatically an interest in, in sharing information so that the person is more likely to relocate to Louisville. 
I like that. It it kind of creates a friend, right? <laughs> Once yes. they come into the community. And as you're saying this, it reminds me when <laughs> I was in high school, I, I moved across the country and it was a kind of a traumatic thing as a, a junior in high school <laughs> across the country. But the new high school I went to, they had a program at the school where they would match another student up with new students to kind of show you around. And it made all the difference. So I see these these uh, community or these city champs, these volunteers, really being able to be that tour guide of the city, you know, sharing some common interests, really helping to help these new people feel at home. I see that as being a, a key uh, attribute to being able to to really attract and, and retain these these new people to the community. Um, you had mentioned, I mean, the the social media following is is great. I mean, two hundred to fifty three thousand followers is in that short amount of time is is amazing. You had mentioned a few examples of some of the things that you're doing on social media to leverage that and tell the stories of Louisville. Um, are there some examples that have really taken off that you're aware of that, um, you know, I guess you could say have gone viral that got more traction than other things on your social media stories? I think um, the the real life stories of people that have followed Live and Lou and actually moved to the city have been the most powerful. And, you know, those are like really kind of rare, but also that doesn't negate the success of the platform. It's just that we don't always have somebody love it so much that they post about it. You know, I think people often will look at it and they think, oh my gosh, this is amazing, but they don't necessarily write a big story about it. We actually had a couple write a big magazine article about it. And that was, that was really a a thing that went crazy on social media, particularly locally. Um, People were talking about it. Another thing that has really gotten a lot of media interest on our Live and Loop platform is our newly launched Workforce Ecosystem Hub. And it's a compilation of all of the workforce development resources. So we have our talent attraction part of Live and Loop, but we also are trying to get people that aren't working now into the workforce or people helping them to upskill. And since 2014, when I first moved here, I was hearing about all of these different workforce development programs in the community. And I kept saying, where is the one-stop shop? Like, where can I read about all of these in one place? And that that resource just didn't exist. So there were a lot of programs that were going unutilized and not, not utilized to their maximum potential, I should say. So we, for two years, we worked to compile all of those resources and we launched this ecosystem hub on the Live and Lou site. It's liveandlou.com slash work. And it has 245 organizations and their programs listed. We've got a portal for job seekers and a portal for employers. The employers can go on the site and identify any sort of training programs, some of which are free um, and funded by the state, actually funding from the state available you can apply for on the site. And that that funding and those training programs are for their employees. So if we have a manufacturer, they may be able to get funding to do a certain um, a certain upskilling initiative. And all of that is listed on the site. It also includes different organizations that are helping to remove barriers to work. So the employer can help identify those for the employee. A lot of HR offices will use it if they have an employee that's having difficulty with transportation and or child care availability. I mean, it's child care, transportation, all sorts of 
barriers that exist out there. And we have all these organizations in our community that are working to overcome them. And now there is one place that you can go and access that. On the job seeker platform, you can still you can still see the barriers to to work resources and because a lot of job seekers are you know trying to figure out ways to manage that themselves. But they also can apply for jobs on there and see what financial assistance may be available to do certifications or um, apprenticeships or um, going back to to get a college degree even. So we've really taken a collaborative approach to all of this and worked with the organizations to make sure that the right information is being shared. And we've had a lot of hits on it. The media has been going crazy about it locally. They're calling it Louisville's version of LinkedIn. So um, we're excited about it. Uh, that is great. As you were giving that explanation about how Live and Lou works and the job seekers and employers, you know, portals, I, I, the the thought hit me: why why do communities, you know, outsource to these big job seeking websites when they have a chamber of commerce who's connected with employers, know the needs, know the those barriers that really can give a kind of a white glove service to to help match, you know, future employees with employers. So I love that how you guys have set this up and, and strategically having those uh, or calling out what some of those barriers are and approaches of how you guys are, are working to overcome those things and community partners to help overcome those things. Um, are, as uh, going about the, the job seekers, the, the employers on there, I imagine that you have a, a wide range of different employment opportunities. It's not, you know, any one type of industry, obviously, but what are, what's kind of the, the range of employment opportunities that you see um, happening through the Live and Lou website? We've got everything from a, you know, clerk position to a nurse position. I mean, every sort of job imaginable is on there. We also, with some of the jobs that we learn about, some of the jobs that our employers post are also very skill-specific, highly technical. And we do have a partnership where we can seek out those highly specific skills because there are some jobs where you may only have a handful of people in the country that have the ability to do the job. And through a partnership with LinkedIn Talent Insights, we can seek out those individuals. And that's more of a um, a, a specific employer request. It's not, I mean, they're usually posted on Live and Lou as well, but in those instances, it's less likely that somebody with that skill set is going to be posting for a job. They probably, they're going to wait for recruiters to call them. So we find them and call them. Yeah, that was going to be my next question because there is those highly skilled labor that you need to kind of seek them out and uh, and yeah. maybe even try to take them from another company. And we won't say that too loud, but that that happens, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we yeah. don't do that from local companies, only when we're trying to get people to move here. That's right. That's right. No, this uh, this program, it, it seems like a, a real game changer, especially in the, the talent and workforce development space. Is there anything that we're missing from the Live and Loop program that we haven't touched on? Um, I would say that, you know, we do overcome objections to moving to Louisville sometimes. And this is where the DEI um, aspect of this comes in that you mentioned earlier. Um, we in, in 2020, we were the epicenter of the Breonna Taylor um, killing and, and the 
the protests that followed that really showed us that we needed to expand our scope of work. So recruiting diverse talent has been a little bit more difficult. But since 2020, I have been saying all this time, this is also an opportunity for us to show that this time it's different and it should have been different every time before. But we have to show that the business community is committed to creating an inclusive economy. So we have really expanded our work in the DEI space, and that helps our talent attraction initiatives. So some of the work that we do, um, it includes a minority business accelerator called Power to Prosper. We're getting ready. We're taking applications for our third cohort right now, and it provides small businesses with knowledge and resources and networks that will help their businesses scale. We also um, have, during 2020, launched a racial equity pledge that identifies five different ways that um, companies can can make their business more inclusive. And that includes things like diversifying their vendor spend, creating a safe space for conversations uh, that are about inclusion. Um, it also includes hiring diverse talent. I mean, and, and then with that pledge, we launched a toolkit. And I was I was excited about the number of companies that signed the pledge. It was over 200 companies. But then I was also excited about the toolkit because the toolkit gave businesses the tools they needed to do that. So we didn't just say, hey, we're signing this pledge. We also said, now here is how you go and do these things that are in the pledge. And as our as an organization, we have diversified our own vendor spend in ways that we never thought possible because we've been so intentional about it. And my hope is that every company that signed that pledge has been equally intentional and um, that we're seeing a lot more things happen, a lot of great things happen as a result. Another thing that we do and that we started doing in 2020 is a procurement matchup event called Power to Prosper. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's not, that's the Minority Business Accelerator. Um, Progress Through Procurement is our procurement event. And we identify what needs companies have in our community. And then we bring in diverse vendors to and match them up. And then sometimes there's still a contracting process involved, but it is helping both the employer that has this, this need for a vendor. And then they, they've been having trouble finding a diverse vendor. So then we're connecting them to a diverse vendor and hopefully good things come from that. So those are some of the things that we've done in the DEI space. And like I said, um, that also helps our talent attraction. It helps our economy grow and all of the things in a chamber seem to work together cohesively. And I like that about chamber work. Absolutely. So one of the things that stood out to me is you mentioned that you guys are often involved with overcoming obje objections and occasionally certain objections will rise to prominence, but you know, oftentimes we don't even hear about some of the objections. So how do you guys go about soliciting feedback of people that may be hesitant of moving to Louisville to understand what their objections might be so you can address that and learn how to better uh, maybe fine tune this program? Well, most of the time, the HR recruiters at our companies will tell us what the objections are. And that's that's really our source of information. There are times that we're talking with individuals directly, particularly when they're those highly skilled individuals that we're seeking out for employers. Uh, but 
most of the time the HR managers will tell us what stories they're hearing. And a lot of it relates to Louisville being in Kentucky and uh, people hear Kentucky and they think that we are not as sophisticated as a place they would like to live. And Louisville is actually very sophisticated. I mentioned earlier, we've got a great culinary scene. We've got all five types of art organizations. Um, I mean, we we really do have a, a fantastic city. It is a great place to live and not just a great place to raise a family. I mean, it certainly is that. But I mean, you can be single here and you can really have a fantastic life. It's a fun place to be. Yeah. Um, so but Louisville often gets branded with Kentucky and um, the demographic and the psychographic of talent looking to relocate um, is looking for, you know, a city that's fun and exciting. And um, Kentucky doesn't have that brand nationally. Yeah. Kentucky is a great state, though. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> that it, image it is a beautiful changed. state. Yeah, it is a beautiful state. Yeah. Well, Sarah, you've, you've hit on some great points here as far as talent attraction goes. And I'm sure people listening are, are taking notes and, and seeing how they can make some tweaks to their own talent attraction programs. Um, I'd like to ask if there maybe is any tip or action item that you'd like to share for listeners who are looking to take their chamber up to the next level. What might you suggest? Well, I would suggest getting your CCE. I'm a big believer in the Certified Chamber Executive Program for several reasons. Um, number one, there is an application process that um, requires you to really get out there and give speeches and um, also sometimes like IOM counts. So that's a training program where you're networking with other chamber professionals. And through IOM and through CCE, which came later for me, I met so many incredibly smart people and being able to reach out to those individuals, being able to hear about their programming as I went through IOM and CCE really, really helped me to know different ideas and different ways to navigate community issues, different ways I could take our chamber to the next level. And so as a result of my experience being so positive I have said at, at GLI, anybody that goes through IOM has to commit to doing CCE as well. The CCE process, what I liked about that was um, beyond the application process that I just described, which you, you get to meet so many people, you learn about their programs. There are There's a, a body of literature that one has to read that really focuses on governance and finance and making sure the chamber is in good operational order. And I believe that's incredibly important because all of the programs that we talk about that are exciting, we can't do if our chamber isn't in good operational order, if we don't have the money, we don't have the right money in reserves for a catastrophe. I mean, there are all of these things that seem boring to a lot of chamber people, but they're incredibly important to enabling that programmatic aspect that can be very exciting and, and fun to be part of. So um, that would be the thing I would say to, to take your chamber to the next level, because you'll learn so much as you go through that process. Absolutely. Anybody who's been sitting on the fence debating whether or not to, to, to get over that hurdle, go, go do it. Go after your CCE, apply, go through the process. And like Sarah said, there's so much development that comes out of that to benefit your chamber, but also you professionally as you, you move on through your career. 
Um, so Sarah, I, I like asking everyone I have on the show, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Well, I see the purpose of Chambers as being incredibly important. And, you know, I've, I've heard speculation about this, but I believe in Chambers very, very much. I think there is a role for Chambers in the big community issues of the day. And we're really starting to see that more and more. I mean, there is no other organization where you can go to in, and say that they represent the voice of the business community. Chambers do that. Chambers are that one-stop shop you can go to. And the people who enjoy being in the chamber world are just ready to help. It's a say yes attitude. And all of the big community issues that we're so interested in, I mean, everybody wants to figure out how. And so I think that chambers are so, so um, incredibly important. And I think that the people who work in chambers have a real passion for community growth and it's becoming a lifelong career for a lot of people. You see that more and more, particularly at the um, CEO level of the chamber world. And I like to see that. I think that there are some incredibly smart chamber leaders out there and I enjoy talking to them frequently. But I think chambers are, are really important to making sure community issues get solved. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And and I I also agree with uh, seeing people who are making the chamber industry a, a profession. You know, it's a career choice for people now, especially at the executive level. But um where it's not just a job in their community that gets filled because somebody needed a warm body, but it becomes something that they go after these trainings or IOM, their CCE, and uh, really develop and, and help take their community to the next level, which is what it's all about. But Sarah, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who might want to reach out and learn more about the Live and Loop program and how you guys are doing things there at GLI. What would be the best way for people to reach out and connect with you? Sure. Well, I'm happy to provide my email. It's sdavasher, D-A-V-A-S-H-E-R at greaterlouisville.com. And my phone number is 502-625-0073. Happy to talk with any chamber leaders about these programs or anything else, bounce ideas off of each other. I'm always happy to connect. Very good. We'll get that in our show notes for this episode as well, so people can access that to, to connect with you. But Sarah, I want to thank you for spending time with us today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. Um, provided a lot of value and some good, great things for listeners to think about and, and see what, how they can implement and, and take their chamber up to the next level and provide a, a new level of competition on the, uh, the talent attraction front. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Happy to do it. Thank you. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. 
I just launched a Chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber podcast course today.